Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Calvary Live. And we do invite you to call in at that number you just heard, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. And you can call in and ask a question or give your prayer request. As most of you know, that Calvary Live is an hour-long program where you, the listener, get to call in and ask questions and give your prayer requests. So we'd love for you to be able to do that. We're here to minister to you. We're here to take you to the Word of God and to encourage everyone who is listening. So we want to welcome all those who are listening live today on this Tuesday afternoon here on Grace FM along the Front Range in Colorado, two different stations, 101.7 in Southern Colorado, and then Northern Colorado up into Wyoming, that 89.7, that powerful signal up here in the northern part of the state. Welcome, welcome. A beautiful, beautiful fall day here in Colorado. So we encourage you to give us a call. Uh, Just ask those questions that are on your heart, on your mind, perhaps a teaching that you heard. Uh, Maybe you uh, had a Bible study and uh, or heard a Bible study and it prompted some questions. Or maybe perhaps you got questions about Christian living. Uh, We want to be able to go to the Word of God. And we also want to be able to take you to the throne of God in time of need, as Hebrews says, and to go to Him. And it's so wonderful that we can do that. So the call-in number is 303-690-3000, and grab one of those open lines. Grab it early, because uh, what can happen is, as the show progresses, particularly as we get in the second half, that the phone lines fill up. And and so we want you to be able to get on the air, be able to have the conversation that uh, the Lord puts on our hearts, and to be able to answer your questions and to pray for you as well. So grab one of those open lines. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. But there's another way for you to ask a question or give a prayer request, and we will use the dedicated text line, which is 720-336-0897. This is for texting only. So we encourage you to uh, use that if, if you're not able to call. And as time permits, we will go to the text line and uh, talk about um, the things that are on your heart as well. So 303-690-3000, the heart of this show is for you to be able to call in and to ask those questions, to have the conversation. I also want to welcome all those who are listening on another radio network, perhaps the Freedom Radio Network that uh, all around the country, particularly in the South, uh, you are new to Calvary Live. Perhaps you're a new listener. Uh, we'd love for you to call. Let us know you're listening and uh, ask your questions. And then also on the East Coast, uh, Hope FM, Truth FM, uh, you are a week delayed as you're listening on those radio networks, uh, and you can still call. You will talk to a live person, and then we would uh, uh, have that conversation, and then you can listen to it a week later. And then also, uh, those who are listening online, uh, you're listening live. So anywhere in the country that you can call and you can um, call 
at that number that I just gave to you, 303-690-3000, the call-in number. We got a couple open lines. So let's go ahead. Let's go to Loveland where Rick's on line one. Hello. Rick, you're on Calvary yeah. Live. Thanks Welcome for taking to the call. The program. You bet, absolutely. Got a question, uh, Isaiah 24, verse 21. Uh, yes. It says, the Lord will punish the host of heaven. Who is the host of heaven? I thought that was God. See, behold, the Lord makes the, let's see, verse 21. Let me go down to there. It shall come to pass in that day that the Lord will punish on high the most excellent ones, and on the earth the kings of the earth. So I think what he is saying in that, what I read it, and as we go through it, is that he's saying that the kings, the the leaders, are going to receive um, the punishment of the Lord. So he will punish on high the most of excellent ones, and on the earth is how we read it, the kings of the earth. So he's talking about those leaders that are going to be, uh, judgment will come to him. And of course, Isaiah, he's writing during this time uh, that uh, he's bringing uh, the word of the Lord against the house of, of Israel and particularly the house of Judah as the Assyrians are going to come down and take the ten northern tribes off into captivity. And then also it would be the house of Judah later on, beginning in 605 B.C., after Isaiah is off the scene, that they are going to be taken off uh, into um, into captivity by the Babylonians. One of the things that we do see in the book of Jeremiah is that Jeremiah speaks to the leaders and he says, don't rebel against Nebuchadnezzar, because if you do, um, then uh, you are going to um, experience the wrath and destruction of Nebuchadnezzar, and that's exactly what happened. So um, here is the leaders that weren't listening to the prophets, and even the uh, not only the kings, but that word would also come against uh, the religious leaders as well. So we see that common in Isaiah. We see it in Jeremiah. We see it in Ezekiel. And even the minor prophets, as they spoke that word against the leaders, they refused to listen to the word of the Lord. Okay. Okay, great. So, and, you know, and there's, um, you know... Also, it's interesting, um, you know, there is that thought, as I'm looking at some of my notes, um, Rick, is that there is those who believe that that phrase, the most excellent ones, and I think that's what you're kind of pointing to, maybe refers to rebellious angels that are judged at the end of the age. And uh, so there may be that interpretation that perhaps that you're thinking of as well. All right, great. Thank you. Yeah, interesting verse. Isaiah is very interesting. You really got to put your thinking cap when you uh, look at Isaiah, because he can be talking about one aspect, um, and then he begins to talk about another aspect. So in this, perhaps, as um, some commentators say, that the hosts of excellent ones are the rebellious angels, but then the kings of the earth gathered as well, and they will receive judgment. So good question. Good observation there. Rick. Thank you for taking the question, and uh, hey, you have a blessed day. You too, Rick. God bless you. Yeah, thank you. Bye. You bet. 303-690-3000 the call-in number. Good question. You, you know, uh, Isaiah, I've taught through Isaiah not long ago, 
And I'm actually getting ready to teach through Isaiah in a couple of weeks down in Peru at the Calvary Bible Institute. I'll be going through all 66 chapters, and there's so much in Isaiah. It's such an incredible book, but you really do have to put your thinking caps on because sometimes he's talking about, you know, the near fulfillment, then he talks about the future fulfillment, and, and he can go from one verse to the next where that near fulfillment is spoken of and then the future fulfillment. So it's interesting, but it's an incredible book. If you've never read the book of Isaiah, uh, I think you'll be tremendously blessed as you do that. Hey, we got an open line, 303-690-3000, the text line 720-336-0897. Uh, let me introduce myself. I, I usually do at the beginning of the show, but I usually host on Mondays and Tuesdays, Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. So glad to be with you uh, on Calvary Live. Such a blessing to be able to talk with you and answer your questions. The best I know how is we go to the Word of God and then also to be able to, um, you know, to encourage you and pray with you. And so we, we just uh, want to be able to do that um, as we take your calls. Let's go to Colorado Springs. Lee is online, too. Hi, Lee. Hey, Pastor. Hey, Pastor You're Jeff, on. can you hear me? Yep, I sure can. You're on the program. Oh, wonderful. So here recently I've been uh, kind of with a dilemma in regards to my Christian uh, walk with and trying to go about, go about a disagreement and maybe kind of feeling slighted and how to approach that. Because I know when Jesus said if somebody asked for your tunic, uh, you know, give it to them and uh, basically give them everything that they ask for. And, and if he asks you to walk a mile, walk two miles. And But then on the other side of that, I think uh, the Apostle Paul, when he was mistreated um, by the, I believe it was the Roman soldiers, he, he stated that he was a Roman citizen. And so he kind of stood up for himself in that regard. So my question is, where's the balance in that in, re- in regards to, like, maybe you feel that you, for lack of a better term, kind of have been ripped off and you want to, like, go to the individual and address the issue, but you also don't want to bring any dishonor to the name of Christ? Yeah, and those are good questions, Lee, and I think every situation takes uh, a lot of prayer and discernment and searching the scriptures, just as you mentioned, some scripture verses. Jesus talks about going the second mile, um, you know, turning the other cheek in that same uh, section of the Sermon on the Mount. Um, he, he talks about those things, but he also says that if, you know, you have something against your brother, that you're to go to him, and um, you are to uh, go to him, and you are to try to uh, reconcile with that individual. And, and then the other thing, too, as you mentioned, well, what about, you know, as Paul used in an example, I don't think the Lord's ever telling us that we are to be a doormat, to, to be just walked on and taken advantage of. But there should be a desire. I think the, the Christian response is, and the godly response is that you do want to go to that individual. If you feel like they have sinned against you, we are told that we are to go to them and we are to, you know, reconcile with them. And we are to go to them privately. You know, we see that uh, that model, that uh, process that is given to us in Matthew's Gospel, I believe chapter 18, 
that is, you know, go to that individual and you are to discuss, you know, what they have done. And, uh, and then if they don't receive you, you can take a witness. And so that process is there. But uh, when he talks about going the extra mile is that we are to, as Paul writes, to live peaceably with others if possible. And I like that in the book of Romans in chapter 12 when he writes that. He, he's writing about how it is that we are to be a living sacrifice to the Lord because of the incredible mercies that he's shown to us. He says, live peaceably with all people if possible. And I think that's the real key, that if we can go to somebody, even if we're angry, you know, we're to put that anger aside, um, the bitterness aside, and go to that individual and talk to them. And we also know that there's a lot of scripture that you can read that we're to look out not only for our own interests, but for the interest of others. Uh, we're to humble ourselves, do nothing through selfish ambition or conceit, but with lowliness of mind, esteem others better than yourself. And that that's where we need to humble ourselves, go to that individual. Our desire is that there be clarity and understanding, and you pray that there's some kind of reconciliation or restoring or forgiveness. There isn't always that case. There may be clarity, there may be understanding, but you may come to a point, and again, um, this is a broad, broad uh, principle that is given throughout Scripture because every situation is different, but there may be times where you won't agree. You won't agree on something, and and so, you know, that comes up, and you don't want that bitterness and anger to, to just resonate. I, I think sometimes Christians love to argue, and I'm not saying this is the case with you at all, that Christians love to, you know, uh, sometimes it seems like they're looking for a fight or a conflict, and we're not to have that heart. I think as long as you have a humble heart, you're desiring to hear that individual, talk to that individual, and desire for there to be clarity and understanding, for there to be restoring. And um, and it, it means that if that person sinned against you, you can call them out on it, and you can tell them that, brother, that hurt, that was wrong, and how they respond is really up to them. So, um, you, you know, you don't want to go with bitterness. You don't want to go with this anger that it causes you to sin. Paul would write in Ephesians chapter 5, he says, Be angry, but do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't give place for the devil. Because it's those times where we're really angry and we got bitterness that the enemy can use it to really bring division and and to really... Um, you know, do damage in in a way that's not pleasing to the Lord. So going the extra mile, I think that is going the extra mile. I think going the extra mile is I'm not just going to blast them on social media. I'm not just going to be bitter and angry at them all the time. I'm going to go to them and desire for there to be communication, for there to be, as I said, clarity and understanding. So every situation is different, and it takes real fulfillment, and uh, it takes real discernment. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. I appreciate yeah, and it, it, Pastor. And, and Lee, one of the things, too, that helps is pray. Pray before you go to that individual, because, you know, we can feel slighted, and we can be angry, and you may have good reason, but, you know, the Lord's heart is for us you know, to be able to live peaceably with all men. And Paul puts in there, 
that little addendum, if possible, because sometimes it's not possible. And I think he recognizes that. And we see that in Paul's writings. He talks about those who came along and hurt him and did damage to him. Mm -hmm. So as long as we have that heart that's humble, desiring to go the extra mile and desiring for us to, to, to see God work in that situation, I think that God can work and desires to work in that. Thank okay, you. Lee? You bet. God bless you. You too. All right. We got a couple open lines, 303-690-3000. The call-in number, the text line is 720-336-0897. So give me a call or text me a question or a prayer request. You know, we all have relationships, and those relationships— you know, different relationships at times can be strained and severed. But I do want to say this. It is God's desire is that we try to work on um, responding to others, even when we feel like we're angry or we got wronged, to do it in a godly manner. And the Bible gives us those truths and how we can do that and how we can to approach somebody, how we are to treat others, uh, what our hearts should be. Uh, and I think it's important for us to ask God for help, and uh, as we do, and as we humble ourselves, because it takes a real humble heart to go and talk to somebody, even when we're angry and when we're upset or they hurt you, and to be able to to talk to them about it. The problem today is, and it grieves my heart, is a lot of Christians will begin to blast people or an individual or a church or whatever on social media, and that is not God's way. Um, it, uh, it, it, it grieves me to see some of the things that Christians put on social media, and, um, and it ought not to be that way. And we're to look out not only for our own interests, but for the interests of others, that have lowliness of mind, that we are to do nothing through selfish ambition or conceit, trying to get even, trying to get at somebody, trying to get a dig in, but to do things in a godly manner. And as we do, I believe that God's going to work in those situations as we desire to honor him um, in our relationships with others. Hey, got a couple open lines, as I just said. You're listening to Calvary Live on this Tuesday afternoon. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number to text line 720-336-0897. We're going to go to Aurora Julius on line three. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks for calling, Julia. For sure. I, I, well, I kind of had a question very similar to Lee's, kind of addressing yeah. the, um, if someone slaps you, you turn your cheek and let them slap you. But um, I also kind of want to correlate this with, like, physical defense, like if you're in, like, a fight or um, when it comes to the point where, like, I guess what I'm trying to address is, like, you know how the Old Testament has a lot of death penalties and um, responses to certain sins and in the penalty of like literally getting executed, stoned, or physically harmed. Um, how does that correlate with Jesus and our New Testament and the New Covenant? Yeah, and I think what you're asking, aren't you, Julia, is where's the line? Where's where's the line on all of this? Does when Jesus says turn the other cheek, um, you know, if someone slaps you on one side, turn the other cheek. You know, does that mean that we are to be just a doormat, to be walked on? And to be, I don't believe that Jesus is talking about 
that we as Christians are to be, you know, abused and taken advantage of. Um, I believe that as you look at it in in the original language, a lot of commentators will tell you that Jesus is talking about an insult. You know, you've seen the old shows where, you know, a guy takes a glove and he slaps the guy and challenges to a duel. You know, that was an insult. And if somebody insults you, you know, go the extra mile, compel to, you know, as you turn the other cheek to him. Um, and Jesus, he puts some some limits on it. He says, you've heard me, you've read it said of old, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And the Bible says that because somebody pokes me in the eye, I want to clobber them. You know, somebody breaks my teeth, I want to really do damage to them. So I, I think that Jesus is saying is, is that you're going to be insulted. As Christians, we're going to be persecuted. And and it's something that is not easy. He goes on to say in that Sermon on the Mount, after he says, turn the other cheek and go the extra mile, uh, he says that you're to love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, um, pray for those who spitefully you know, persecute you. Those are hard things, aren't they, Julia? Yeah. But I, I don't believe that the, the Bible says, because there are Christians in other parts of the world, that they're being persecuted heavily. We heard the stories in Afghanistan, in Iran, where the soldiers gathered them up, you know, and put them in jail or even killed them. And, and there are Christians that are being persecuted in that way. So, so Jesus telling us these things, I don't think that he's saying that, you know, that a woman has the right to be abused um, by her husband or a child physically abused or, you know, to let somebody come in and assault you physically in those things. We, we know that, um, that um, you know, for me, I have the conscience that we have the opportunity to defend ourselves. Um, David talks about that, you know, the Lord has trained my hands for war. We see in the book of Esther, you know the story of the book of Esther, where it was um, that decree went out that all the Jews were to be killed, and they couldn't change the decree, but as Esther interfered and, and interceded in that situation, the decree went out that the Jews could defend themselves, and that's exactly what they did. Um, so that's what we see in the Scriptures. And sometimes it's not always clear. Somebody insults you, somebody hurts you, um, you know, you go the extra mile, you turn the other cheek. Um, but uh, when it comes to, you know, for me and my house, I'm going to protect my house, I'm going to protect my home, and a lot of Christians have that, that uh, conviction. There are some Christians that have a little different conviction. So it's a little bit of a, where exactly is the line, again, to be praying and be uh, seek in, and every situation is different. Yeah, I mean, I think, so my husband's a veteran, and, um, but he wouldn't, like, he's, he wouldn't hurt a fly, but just understanding, like, what he's had to do, and how he's, what he's done to defend the nation, um, which I, I just, I don't know how he's able to handle that, and that's something I can't even yeah. process in my head, like, a law enforcement having to, face the, like, literally the barrel of a gun um, to right. uphold the law. And, like, how do you make that decision to take a life? Because, you know, I know the power of Jesus. I know that he's capable to change, uh, change the most, like, 
like Paul was a murderer, you know, and so there's times where it's like, does this person really deserve to just be taken out or does this person deserve to know the gospel? Yeah. And, you know, be sure to tell um, your husband, uh, thank you for his service. And it, you know, in Romans chapter 13, you know, they're called ministers of God. Um, those who uh, are going to protect those against evil. They do good against evil. So those who, you know, are in the military that are defending our ways of life, I believe that, you know, that is very honorable and it's very good work as they're called to do that. It's not easy. And those who are on the front lines of, of peace officers, they're called to do good against evil. And that's what their ministry is. And it's difficult, and it's not like the TV shows. I've been a chaplain for the sheriff's office for 20 years, and I've talked to a lot of um, peace officers, been with them, um, and talked with them. And most of them, by far, and I know it's not perfect, and we're hearing a lot about you know reforms and things like that, but the, the ones that I have had the privilege to be with and serve with that they desire to serve their community and they desire to protect their community and to protect their citizens. And that's their heart. It's not always like the TV show that, you know, um, that flippantly uh, somebody shoots somebody and that's the end of it. It's, it really affects them when there's critical incidents and when there's those things that they have to decide split second decisions but they are called ministers of God to do good against evil, and and that's what um, we're very thankful for. I'm thankful for their ministry. I'm thankful that they keep our community safe, and mm-hmm. it, we need to pray for them, and we need to support them, those who are in our military and those who are our first responders and those who are in law enforcement, because it is not easy. And they put their lives on the line every single day, every single day. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. I yeah. I love my husband so much for it. I I just couldn't be him. I think it's also like maybe girls are different than guys too. Like God made us differently. Um yeah. like men and, are made to protect, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, Julia, you can't be always be, you know, proud of your husband and what he does. And you know, culture may come along and say no, you shouldn't, but you know, you be proud and I know uh, those women that are in law enforcement, they're pretty incredible and um, that are called. But I think it's almost like a calling. You've got to be wired in a certain way to be able to do that. And the way that they're wired is to protect and to serve. And they care about their communities. And, you know, one of the things about those in, in law enforcement or first responders, whether they're firefighters or paramedics, is they're a part of the community. They're, they're, they, they're coaches. They're on boards of charities. They're, they really care about where they live. And our communities are so much safer because of them. And also they are a part of the church. And, uh, and the church needs to be praying for them and supporting them in every way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. that. That helps a lot. Yeah, good. Hey, can we go ahead and pray for them? Yes. Can we? <laughs> Absolutely. So, Father, I do thank you for Julie and her call. And, you know, these things are sometimes where exactly is the line. But, Lord, you're showing us it's not easy, as you say, to 
to turn the other cheek, to go the extra mile, to, to pray for those um, who spite us and persecute us. Um, but Lord, we also know that you have raised up those to protect us from those who want to cause harm, and we thank you for them. So right now, I, I thank you for Julia and her husband and his service to our nation and to his community. And Lord, I just pray you be with him and that you would guide him, protect him. And Lord, all those in law enforcement, that you guide them and be a covering over them in every way. We thank you for them in Jesus' name. Hey, thanks, Julia. Of course. Thank you. You bet. God bless you. Hey, we're going to break you here to music. And <laughs> let's see. We got a couple open lines. 303-690-3000. Give me a call. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Biggs. I pastor Calvary Greeley in northern Colorado. So glad to be with you on this beautiful afternoon here in Colorado. Such a beautiful time of the year as we've entered into October and so I pray you're doing well. You heard those numbers that you can be a part of the show. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. And so give me a call. And uh, I'd love to talk to you. And we got a couple open lines. I've got plenty of time for you to call in and ask your questions and ask for prayer. The text line is 720-336-0897. And so text me a, a question or a prayer request. I do want to remind you, that that text line is the 24-7 text line that you can ask for prayer anytime in the staff, uh, the pastoral staff, the prayer team uh, at Calvary Church in Aurora will be praying for you as they look at those prayer requests. So be sure to uh, use it at any time, 24-7. It has been available for a while and uh, for a number of months. And I just think that's a great opportunity for you to be able to text in a, a prayer request uh, at any time. But during the show, we will go to uh, the um, text line as time permits. But I'd love for you to call. we got an open line, 303-690-3000. And so we're going to continue with the uh, phone lines. Let's go to Lloyd, who's been waiting patiently on line one. Yeah, I'm on line one. Hi, Pastor. Thank you for being here. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for calling. Okay, I'm going to need prayer for a young man named Matthew, and his girlfriend's name is Vanessa. But I'm going to ask you the question I told David I was going to ask you. It's my understanding about the ten virgins are looking for the bridegroom to come, and the only people looking for the bridegroom are Christians. So according to that parable, that means ten people or half of them wouldn't leave. That's one question. Then the other question was, you were talking about uh, the daughter of Babylon. My understanding on that is it's the United States, and the reason for that is is because it says the kings of the east see her burning from a far distance. And back when uh, Mount St. Helens blew, the Japanese was wonder- wondering what was happening with the United States because of the big cloud that they saw. Mm-hmm. Right, And it also says 
uh, I thought it said that uh, the daughter of Babylon is bordered by water on all sides. Yes. And the only place we're not bordered is um, Canada. Right. And I don't, and I think the other question along with that, I mean, with that would be that I can't think of any other country that does business with the nations that are mentioned in that scripture, except the United States. Yeah. And I believe you're making reference to chapter 18 of Revelation. Let me start with the parable of the 10 virgins, um, the foolish and wise virgins. Keep it in context that Jesus is. Um, talking to his disciples uh, about the signs of his coming in the end of the age. It's part of the Olivet Discourse, chapter 24 and 25. And as they came to him, they, they asked, what are the signs of your coming? What are the signs of the age? And, and also the destruction of the temple, because Jesus had said, uh, as we read prior to that, uh, that um, you know he, he was weeping over Jerusalem, said, your house is left to you desolate. He said that that as you begin chapter twenty four that these stones not one's going to be left upon another. Luke's narrative kind of goes into Jesus' answer on that when the temple would be destroyed. We know that took place in seventy A.D. But then he talks about the signs of his coming. He talks about persecution. He talks about the tribulation period. He talks about the great tribulation period. That when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of Daniel the prophet. There'll be great tribulations such as the world has never seen or ever will see again. He talks about the second coming of Jesus Christ, and that is when he does, he'll come in great power and glory. Every eye will see him. Then he goes into a parable of the fig tree that when you see the branches come forth, you know that someone is near. And so that parable is given there um, that, um, that I say to you that this generation will by no means pass away. Then he, he goes into concerning the the um, coming of the Son of Man. No one knows the day or the hour. And what is interesting, Lloyd, is you see he says that in verse 36. He says that again in verse 42. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. He says that again in verse 44. Therefore, you be ready, because the Son of Man comes in an hour you do not expect. And then he says that in verse 50, that if the master or the servant will come on a day when he's not looking for him and at an hour that he is not aware, then he goes and he tells another parable. But here's the thing about these parables. These parables have been interpreted to death over the last 2,000 years. And when you read a parable, there's different, you know, there can be different interpretations, different thoughts, but there's always a main thrust of the parable. There's always a main emphasis of the parable. And in the parable, the wise and foolish version, we see that, that the main emphasis is, watch therefore, for you know neither the day or the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. That is the main point that Jesus is trying to get across, to be prepared for the coming. So we see this emphasis that's in Jesus' you know, teaching. We see these emphasis that are given um, in the parable here, that there were five that had oil and five that did not, and when the bridegroom comes, then the five that had the oil were ready. The other five said, give us some of your oil, right? And um, they said, no, we, we don't have oil to give to you. I remember uh, Lloyd hearing a teaching a long time ago. Somebody who said this parable is teaching us 
not to be selfish. These ladies, you know, the, the five wise ones were being selfish and not sharing their oil. Well, that's not what is being said. Oil in the Old Testament, we know, is representative of the Holy Spirit. You know, Zechariah chapter 4, the, the oil that went from the two olive trees to the lamp is not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. The kings, the priests, the prophets were anointed with oil for what they were called to do by God to empower them to do that that calling that was given to them as leaders. And so five were ready, five were not. So the emphasis, again, is to be prepared because you do not know when the bridegroom's going to come for his bride. And I think that's the thrust of it, and that's what we need to remember. And there's there's all kinds of beautiful pictures that are there because in the ancient um, wedding ceremony in Israel that they didn't, you know, they sent out invitations, but they didn't put down the hour of the wedding ceremony. Um, you know, the, it's going to happen at at some time soon. So the maidens would go and they would wait. And the Jewish day starts at sunset. So here they are waiting. Uh, they knew the bridegroom was going to come get his bride, and but they didn't know the hour of it. And then they weren't ready for it. And there are people that aren't ready for, you know, the coming of the Lord. Now, at the end of the parable, they tried to to come in. They're knocking at the door, and the Lord says, no, I, I don't know you. And uh, so I believe he's speaking of nonbelievers uh, because he, they said, Lord, Lord, open to us. And he said, no, surely I see you. I do not know you. And um, it reminds me of the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of God. And, you know, you may say that we prophesied in your name, we did many works in your name, but he said, you know, I never knew you. That's the key. So the other thing, too, about the oil is one of the things that I've learned in ministry and in my walk with the Lord, I can't give anybody oil. Uh, I can't give it. I make a lousy Holy Spirit. And only the Lord um, can draw a person to him through the work of the Holy Spirit. And as Paul would write in Romans chapter 8, that he would say something very important. Um, Let me read it to you as I get there. But Romans chapter 8, that he says, But if you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not is. So I think that's what we learned from that parable. When it comes to Babylon, chapter 18, there is the commercial Babylon that is being destroyed. There's a couple different thoughts from some very good Bible teachers and commentators. Some suggest, as you you know, look at the declaration um, against Babylon in the book of Isaiah, the book of uh, Jeremiah, the last couple chapters of Jeremiah, that Babylon is going to be destroyed. It's, it's going to be a desolation. When the Medo-Persian Empire took over Babylon, they didn't destroy Babylon. They went under the walls. They took it over. You read about that in Daniel chapter 5. So there are those who say that Babylon still needs to be destroyed in the way that it's described to us in Scripture, and so it has to be rebuilt. So there are those who hold to that view. It's going to be a commercial center. But Babylon's in Iraq. And, you know, to to look and see, well, 
you know, Babylon isn't going to be this commercial center. And as you pointed out, it seems to indicate to us in Romans or in Revelation chapter 18 that it's a port city, that there's, a, you know, the merchants from the sea see the destruction. So some have said, is it just symbolic? Could it be speaking of perhaps New York, New York City, the United States? There are some that suggest that. So those are the two different thoughts on that. And your thought on that is that it couldn't be the United <laughs> States. Why? Well, it depends what day it is. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> okay, well, okay, you answered you know, my questions yeah, the uh, thing about pretty well. My, I think uh, I got a young man, Lloyd, his name's Matthew. He's sitting in my car. I gave him a ride okay. over to his mom's house. And well, let's, him and his young lady uh, need to know the Lord. So I'd like to ask prayer for them. And uh, they're neither one believers, and uh, they both have a drug problem. Okay. Lloyd, let's pray for him. Father, we pray for Matthew, Vanessa, as they've been um, just wrecked by drugs by the world. Um, and I just pray that you give Lloyd just, I thank you that he's taken the time to minister to them. I thank you for Lloyd's heart. Give him the words to speak, the gospel, the message of hope. And I pray right now, even as they sit in the car, that Lord, that you would soften their hearts, that you would open up their ears spiritually, that you would, uh, Lord, draw them to you. And Lord, that they would come to know that there is hope for salvation, forgiveness of sin, reconciliation with you as they give their hearts to Jesus and, you know, the cross, coming to the cross. The gospel has the power to save. I pray that you would do that and that you would then begin to work in them and freeing them from those things that hold them captive. So be with Lloyd. Work. May salvation come to them right now, even this afternoon, as he talks with them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. I'll come and see Thank you in one of these days. I'd love to have you come see us. All okay. right. God bless you, sir. Bless Thank you. you for being here. You bet. Absolutely. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the calling number. And so the thrust of uh, that parable of the foolish virgins is, and the wise ones is be prepared. And there are those who weren't prepared. There's going to be scoffers that come in the last day saying, where's the coming of the Lord? But also those who, who think that I don't need the Lord, and I don't need to repent and turn to the cross. And uh, we want to make sure, even as Lloyd's going to be given the gospel, be praying right now as he shares with, with Matthew, as he shares uh, with Vanessa, that they receive uh, the gospel and come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Hey, we've got a couple open lines, 303 690 is the call-in number to text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to Georgia. Mammy is on line two. Hello? Mammy, you're on Calvary yes. Live. Yes. You're on. Go ahead. You're on Calvary Live. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you. I just listened to the people talking about their marriage and everything, and I just, um, I, like I said, I've been married for 64 years, and, uh, my husband been in and out of adultery relationships, and now he um, he asked me for a divorce, and then he'll tell me he don't want one. He won't mean it even. I'm just um, babbling between the two, and I just want to know what, how should I handle this? Uh, 
Uh, yeah. You know. Yeah. It's, yeah, and that's it's, and I'm so sorry, especially, you know, being married. You said 64 years. Um, yeah. That that's incredible, and um, by God's grace, I think you're in a place of praying, and continue to pray, and to okay. share with Him Scripture as much as you can, and trust the Lord. And um, and to have that communication uh, with him, sharing your heart and your desire um, that in the desire of God, the desire of God is we stayed married. We've been married for 64 years and um, and and to share those scriptures and to pray for him. And um, and we're going to pray for you as well. Okay, thank you. And, you know, for you to I, I pray one of the things I'm going to pray for is that you have, you know, some sisters in the Lord that you can talk to or, you know, godly people, whether it's family members or whoever it might be. And, um, and you know, it's, um, it's so needed and so helpful. But you're just in that place of praying right now and giving your desire to your husband that, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to fight for our marriage. This is our desire. This is God's desire. And and to pray that God softens his heart. As Lord, I just pray for Mammy. As you know, last week we were talking about fighting for our marriage and to pray and be in that place where after 64 years it shows that even marriages can be strained, even face um, being severed. And I just pray for restoring this marriage, that you would be with Mammy, that you would help her give those words to her husband her desire to stay married, and to, for him to turn to you, Lord, to turn to you and to look to you, and Lord, that you would help him. And, um, and Lord, you know the situations, you know everything that's going on, and I just pray that you would soften his heart, that you would help Mammy to be strong in you and to trust in you and rest in you, that you desire to do work. So I pray for healing I pray for restoration in every way in this marriage. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Mammy, I'll be praying for you. God bless you. Thank you. You bet. Obviously, last week, uh, as I mentioned, that those of you who are listening on Truth FM and Hope FM and on the Radio Freedom Network, which is down in Georgia, um, you are a week delayed. So last year, or last year, last week, um, on the program, we were talking a lot about marriage and people calling in and asking for prayer and just what God's Word has to say about marriage. And so that's what Mammy is listening to. And, um, and you know, the COVID and the culture right now and everything that's going on puts a lot of pressure on marriages and relationships and one of the emphasis that we had last week is, you know, be sure to be in fellowship, to be in a church that is committed to the teaching of the Word of God and to have fellowship, and for married couples to have fellowship with other married couples, but to look to the Lord, because He's the one who ordained marriage. He's the one that will strengthen your marriage and keep your marriage. So all those things that we talked about, and it was it was very, very helpful, I believe, to a lot of people and to be praying for our marriages as well. So just want to pass that along. Um, let's go to Adele in Pennsylvania. Adele? Yes. You're on Calvary Live. 
Yes, good evening. I just need prayers to um, read myself of a relationship uh, I'm currently in. I am over this relationship right now. Uh, we were engaged uh, to be married, and um, that's not going to happen. And um, I kind of grew up in the church and, um, you know, straight away from it. And I want to get back into my spiritual life, which I have been for the past couple of years. And I, I'm not comfortable in this relationship anymore. And um, it's been a lot that has been going on. We're lots of dishonesty with this person. And uh, he, we moved in together. Uh, simply because we were supposed to be married, but then once he moved in, he changed his mind. He didn't want to be married. So we were living like man and wife, and I just kind of, you know, stopped myself from getting involved in that. But this person does not want to move out, and I want to move on with my life, with a Christian life. Uh, meanwhile, he has the goal. So I just don't know what to do. I have been praying about it, and I, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being impatient. With, you well, know, a, a couple things, Adele, is, you know, I think that the Lord has put on your heart, you know, what what you are to do. Um, the scripture that I'm sure that you know, but I'll read it to you, is don't be unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. Yeah. And that's what you have done. So you're, you want to move on with the Lord. He's made it clear that he does not want to move on with the Lord. So you know what the Lord's will is for you. And his desire. Now, here's the hard part. You think, how's that going to happen? We've moved in together. You know, he has the gold, whatever. But you're going to have to trust the Lord. And oftentimes, the Lord will say, this is what I want you to do. I want you to move out in obedience. And as you make that decision, then you're going to see the Lord begin to provide for you. And so it's a scary thing. Um, It is a hard thing to do. But you know that the Lord's convicting you. And God's commandments are God's enablements. Whatever he'll command you to do, he's going to enable you and he's going to provide for you. Where God guides, he provides. And so as he guides you, as you say, I'm going to make a stand for you, Jesus. I want to move on with my relationship. You're going to see him working. It may not be easy. Uh, it may not be, um, you know, it may be, you know, uh, challenging. But you're going to have the peace of God in your heart, and you're going to know that the Lord um, is going to be with you because he honors those who desire to live in godliness and to walk in obedience. But that's what he desires for you to do. And what can happen is we can make excuses, and we can say, you know, well, I can't because of this, or I can't because of that, or I'm too scared. But this is where I'm going to pray for you, that you'll trust in the Lord, this is where I'm going to pray that the Lord will provide for you and to do yes. what God has called you to do. Yes, yeah, so he has to move out because this is my house. So yeah. I have to pray to move out. Yeah, and to be firm and to sit down and say, this is why I'm not going to be unequally yoked. You've made a decision that you don't want to be a believer, and I want to move on with my walk with the Lord, and this is what God's will is for me. So I'm going to pray for for that conversation to go well. And Father, I pray for my sister Adele. She's desiring to be obedient to you. And Lord, um, that you would give her the words to speak um, to um, this one who's moved in. 
And Lord, as she finds herself in a challenging situation, that Lord, that you provide for her, you know everything, her needs, and Lord, you protect her. And I just pray that you would guide her. And Lord, that um, she'd be able to move on peaceably and be able to move on in as she desires to walk in obedience. And walking in obedience says no to the world. And walking in obedience can be challenging and difficult. But, Lord, I, I can hear her in a, her voice and in her words that she she knows what to do and what is right. So I just pray that you would show yourself strong on her behalf. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Amen. God bless I'll you. Praying, I'll be praying for you, sister. Okay? I know it's not easy. I'll be praying for you, too. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Amen. You know, one of the things is God's Word will come along and, and guide us and direct us. And God's Word says, this is what you're to do. And sometimes it's not easy, especially when we're in a situation. But I believe that He honors the prayer and the action of, Lord, I want to walk in obedience. I know what your Word says. And uh, to see God work. But what can happen is oftentimes we make excuses or we can't or we become so fearful. Those fears are real. I understand that. The challenges are real. But it's to that point where we need to trust in the Lord. We need to trust in the Lord and to obey Him and to look to Him to provide and direct in every way in those situations. So, hey, let's go to Jasmine in, in Denver. Jasmine? Jasmine, oh, maybe. Hi, hi Jas- Jasmine, you're on Calvary Live. Oh, hi, how are you? I'm good. We got a couple minutes. You had a prayer request? Yes, I did. And I, I just wanted to ask if I can get a prayer request for myself and my husband, my immediate family. Well, all my family, actually. But um, I, my prayer request was that you pray for me and my family to have the hunger and the desire to fully serve God and for understanding and um, just to be strong with Him. Uh, Life, you know, has been pretty rough without knowing the Lord, but since I've known Christ and I've came to Him, uh, so much of my life has changed, and I'm so grateful and so blessed, and I just pray that my husband, you know, gets the hunger and the desire to serve the yeah. Lord and to lead his family closer to Christ. Yeah, good prayer request. So, Father, I pray for my sister, for her, for her husband, for her family, that, Lord, that um, that as they come to Christ, to have a hunger for your word, that you would grow them, that you would strengthen them, fill them with your wisdom. Lord, I pray give them direction and, Lord, that um, there would be a desire to want to grow. I just pray for any of our family member that um, maybe perhaps haven't made a decision for you. You know her family, her husband, um, the others, that they would come uh, to know you, Lord, uh, your son, Jesus Christ, just as they have. And, Lord, I pray that you would, Lord, this salvation come into this family, but experiencing the full blessing that you have for them, as they grow in the Word of God, as they establish themselves in your Word, as they grow in your love, and and you would just provide for them in every way. And Lord, that um, even as uh, 
as they're being fed the word, that they be in fellowship with other believers in a church where they can be encouraged and blessed in every way. And so, Lord, I just lift them up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Right. I, I appreciate it. And Jasmine, get in a good fellowship. Get in a good church um, yeah. there and and be blessed and grow and and you know, hang on to the word of God. Take the word of God, keep growing in it, and you're gonna see the Lord do amazing things. Oh yes, I already have lots of change, good. but uh, I just thank God and I, I pray, you know, so hard that we stay so strong and stay close because he's truly yep. all we have. Yep, he is, and he's going to honor that. So thank yes. you. Appreciate it. Thank you, you so call much. Anytime. God bless you, Pastor. Okay, you call anytime you need prayer. Hey, we're at the end of the show. Thank you, everybody who's called. We had a busy, busy day, which is wonderful. And uh, so Calvary Live will be back tomorrow at the same time. And so um, if you didn't get a chance to call in or get your questions uh, answered, be sure to call back Calvary Live Monday through Friday. Uh, here on Grace FM and the other radio networks. So glad to be with you. Just want to encourage you, keep growing in the Word of God. Uh, I think that's a neat prayer that uh, Jasmine had, to have a hunger, to stay strong in the Lord. And you must continue in the Scriptures, is what Paul said in the perilous times that we are in. And as you do, you're going to be established and strengthened and walk in his wisdom. Hey, God bless you. Have a great evening. Thank you, everyone who is part of the show and for those of you listening. And we'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.